Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going on, everyone? And welcome back along to your home of rugby, whether you're watching on Cool Flakes Channel or on New Zealand Sports Radio. Welcome along to the Super Rugby Preview Show. We are here to preview this weekend's amazing action of Super Rugby from Aotearoa and from AU. Four matches coming your way. We're going to have a look at the lineups because we've got all eight lineups, which is amazing. And have a look at some of our views on what is going to happen in this weekend's action. Once again, we are bringing you a special guest, and he's back from his one-week hiatus. We'll, we'll allow him that, at least. And he's back, and he's back with some style as well. Shane, you've got the venue. You've got everything in lockdown. How are you going? That's a terrible word to use, isn't it? But everything is cracking over there. How are you, sir? Well, not too bad, Steve. Uh, welcome to the Tamworth Hotel, one of the greatest um, country pubs in Australia. Um it's been a, a pub that I've seen many great Wallabies wins, uh, depending on how many Wallabies wins there actually are. But um, I've been here nonetheless, and this 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 pub is is quite special with its sharing of rugby over the years. So um, it's it's great to be here, and and it's great to be doing things from different locations, and and it's. Yeah, look forward to another weekend of rugby. Yes, indeed. We have the four games to look forward to. We kick things off with the Crusaders taking on the Highlanders. Following that on the Friday evening, we've got the Waratahs and the Brumbies. Then we move over to watch the Blues and the Hurricanes before we round out the weekend back in Australia with the Rebels and the Reds. A lot of talking points in these four matches, so we might as well kick straight into it, Shane. Of course, two teams on the bye. Um, the Chiefs, especially, I think, are the, are the team probably deserve a little bit of a mention uh, heading into this round for their amazing performances over the last two weeks. A big win against the Blues, only a, a couple of points in it. But, boy, how surprised were you at that result? Oh, look, I'm, I'm delighted for them. I, I haven't really watched as many New Zealand games lately because... Um... I've just been so focused on how good the Reds are going and uh, the rest of Australia. But uh, I've got to say, well done to the Chiefs for starting to pick it up. I think they're starting to 
build with their game plan um, and they're trusting trusting their teammates. And if you get a couple of good results, close as they may be, they're still wins, still register, and still register some to some form. So good on them. Yeah, big win for them. 15-12 over the Blues. We talked a little bit uh, last week's show with Paul about how things kind of at that halfway point in the competition not not stale, but kind of getting to the point is that you kind of knew who was going to win these competitions at that stage. Yeah, the Reds and the Brumbies firing away the best two teams in Australia, the Crusaders and the Blues, a bit of a gap between the two. But still, you had a little bit of an inkling that you knew where these competitions were going. The Chiefs have, have thrown the cat swiftly among the Pigeons in the last couple of weeks and, and certainly dealt to that, I guess, Poor comment that they're going to be wooden spooners this season, haven't they? So they're on the bye. They have also big news coming out today about the Chiefs. I don't know if you've seen it, Shane, but uh, Sam Kane is out uh, for about eight weeks, I think it was, for most of the rest of the competition. So they're going to be missing their big leader uh, for the rest of Super Rugby, Aotearoa, which is a huge blow for the Chiefs. Not one they're going to have to worry about this weekend, however, as they see the week off. Alongside them, of course, are the Western Force as well. A team travelling fairly well, improving and um, certainly helping to aid those Australian contenders. We've seen that preliminary Wallaby squad uh, earlier last week as well. We saw a few coming out of that force team. But this weekend, fully focused on the action. It all kicks off up in Christchurch. Up for me, down for you, Shane, uh, for the Cantabrians. It is the Crusaders versus the Highlanders. And I mean, there's one big talking point about this match that come out with the team naming of the Highlanders side yesterday. A number of players... Missing now, unavailable when the team naming was uh put out yesterday. Um, and those players for those who are interested are Sioni Masaloi, uh, Joshuani, Daniel Leonard Brown, Marino McAlee, to Tariki Ben Nicholas, and Sigo Tompkinson, all unavailable for this clash, which is huge. Four big name players you say which would easily start, um, missing. Uh, for disciplinary reasons, a huge blow for the Highlanders, isn't it, Shane? Going up to Christchurch to face the Crusaders of all teams, this is not the time that you want this sort of stuff to happen. Not when you have the biggest um, derby of, of um, the Highlanders um, in terms of marketability for them uh, going to Christchurch. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see just... Um, you know, this is water, so I wonder what sort of fluid they've been drinking. Um, and I wonder if they've been using a pint glass like I have. Um, certainly, I'm not going to imply anything because I don't know uh, too much about it. But um, for disciplinary reasons, obviously, the Highlanders, printed to them as well. They've taken a stand um, on these on these fellows. But um, let's just see what the investigation unfolds and... and give these players a chance to have their say on the matter as well because they have that right and um and then and we'll go from there but uh yeah uh the crusaders you wouldn't see that sort of uh discipline reaction from them yeah you're right about that as well um a comment couple of comments coming here from nocturnal rights uh saying that journalists have beaten it up a little bit. A noise complaint, but police were not caused by noise control. Someone else did so. So, I mean, like like you say, Shane, we don't know the extent of this fully. I haven't seen too much confirmed concrete details on it. But the fact of the matter is, regardless of what they've done, they are missing this weekend. So take out of it all the, the garb of what's going to happen. Are they going to get in trouble, disciplinary action, whatever. The fact is... 
they're going to this huge South Island derby game without so many of their key players. And I think that is by far and away the most important takeaway from this for uh, this Highlanders team for them. So a number of changes in their lineup. We'll get to them second. But firstly, the Crusaders team. We'll have a little quick look through it. Uh, they've got a, a big return as well in this team. So looking through this Crusader side, uh, you'll see it right at the end, starting off the, the front row like we always do. Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Michael Eliartoa, uh, the front row, Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock in the second row, Ethan Blackadder, Sione Harvili and Cullen Grace wind up the pack. Mitch Drummond gets the nod in the number nine jumper this week and he'll partner once again with Shumawanga, two guesses on that one. David Harvili is in midfield with Jack Goodhue, Lester Fainuku on the left wing and it's welcome back to George Bridge on the right. Will Jordan again completes the 15 and of course that means Sevi Reese is the unlucky one to miss out moving to the bench for the Crusaders. Have a look at this Highlanders team, though. Okay, take a deep breath, everyone, here. The front row, it, it's unchanged. Ethan DeGroote, Ash Dixon, and Siati Tokalahi. We're one, two, and three. Brin Evans and Putty Putty Parkinson again. We're four and five. And the back row, a little bit of a change here. Santa Frizzell, Billy Harmon, and Kazuki Hamino. Yes, the big Japanese international is starting at number eight. That made me smile before I seen the unknown category at the bottom. Into the rest of the team in the back line, Falau Fakatava gets the nod in the rotation. He has kept going with Aaron Smith. Mitch Hunt, of course, without Yuani, he starts at 10 in the midfield. Oh, this is a, a disaster here. That The rest of the back line is a bit of a shambles. Thomas Sumanga Jensen, great young player, a future for sure. This is going to be a massive test for him. He partners Michael Collins in midfield. Jonah Nariki's on the left wing. Scott Gregory is back in the Highlanders. And he starts on the right of Connor Garden Bishop, moving to 15. I tell you what, Shane, it doesn't feel me much confidence reading those teams. This is a chance, I guess, if you want to look at a positive for Highlanders players, isn't it? But good to see George Bridge back. Um, and we'll see really what this, I, I guess, backup, if you will, or up and coming, especially Highlanders backline is going to be able to do us in this ultimate test against the top team in New Zealand. Well, they might have to use one of the Chuck Norris facts. Uh, Chuck Norris uh, doesn't retreat, he attacks backwards. So it seems that Highland is going to have to defend a bit and the Crusaders are going to come running. So, um, yeah, look, I think I've just seen a comedy from Nocturnal Right saying they're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. And and I, I've seen, um, though I've seen Waratah's sides with... More experience, um, being defeated by teams with lesser experience. So, um, using Australian team as an example um, for this one, maybe a bit of motivation even. But uh, look, uh, the Crusaders, uh, yeah, they're gonna. This could get cricket score ugly. Mm. Yeah, it could could get ugly. I think Nocturnal's right on that one. I, I, it's just a struggle to see these guys who haven't had the game time, the preparation to get into this game. They're going to have to hit the ground running against the Crusaders side. That's just getting stronger, I guess. They're getting players back now of George Bridge coming back in Seaman. And they just you know, so calmly go, right, in you go, George. Not going from the bench, no. You just go straight in the starting lineup. Uh, well, we'll put Sevier Reese to the bench, who's been pretty much killing things this season as well. So it just shows how tough this Crusaders team really is at this level. So I think we're, we're pretty clear in this opener. I think it's going to be like I read in earlier comments after that team naming on Twitter. From a fan's perspective, 
Although, yes, it's good for the Highlanders to stand up and discipline these players and, and make a stand against whatever did happen. This is half of Super Rugby Aotearoa round that is going to be, well, you'd imagine a bit of a write-off and you've got to be going Crusaders to pick up the win. The question, though, Shane, what is your margin? 35. Oh, 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 oh. whoa. Not, massive. not brimming with confidence. <laughs> Oh, you're talking before I wrote down my pick, and I was like, I can't be too, you know, this is going to be a Crusaders win. I'll be absolutely shocked, and, and I'll be buzzing if the Highlanders could do something spectacular, but I think Crusaders, I haven't gone quite as spectacular as you, but 15 uh, for me, a couple of tries, easy in this one uh, for the home side, especially that's the other fact as well. They're at home, which makes things even worse uh, for the Highlanders having to travel up to Orange Theory Stadium for this clash. So could be a tough start here. Uh, to the weekend for the Highlanders moving away there. We'll move across the ditch, however, into matchup number two, which will see, well, a team in who's not much of a better situation in the Waratahs taking on the Brumbies. This follows up on the Friday evening. And this Waratahs team, I'll tell you what, it, name a good week for the side at the moment. It hasn't got much better for them. But good news, though, uh, Jake Gordon coming back for their team. We've seen him round one when he picked up that injury. He makes a huge difference to the side. And um, back in the lineup. You kind of expect that the Waratahs should, hopefully, for their sake and, and for our entertainment's sake, uh, should pick up a little bit as well, hopefully. Well, <laughs> they've had a, had a week from uh, really a disaster zone. Um, you know, I don't think they've been on the construction side. They've been on the demolition one. Um, <laughs> they really... Um, have bulldozed themselves into submission. Um, firstly, as an Australian rugby fan, I, I do acknowledge and thank Rob Penny for what he could have, what he tried to do with them. Um, and he certainly created some wallabies like um, Lockie Swinton for the future. So there's, it's, it's not as if he didn't make some positive impact while he was there. He's, he, he tried very, very hard and I also acknowledge that Chris Whitaker and uh, Jason Gib Gisborne, um, the two interim coaches as they were appointed last week, have been sacked this morning. So it's gone from bad to worse. Um, maybe the board has woken up and realised, but I don't think it's the coaching. I think it's perhaps the list that they have got. Um, it doesn't get any better because from the Reds, they're playing Australia's other good side, the Brumbies. Um, and I can tell you, the Brumbies don't like taking it easy on anyone, um, let alone New South Wales. So, look, they're, they're going to have to really, really improve. Um, and I don't know who will coach them this week. It might be up to the players just to go out there and prove a point. Just have a go. Yeah, just have a go. Just go out there and have a run for things and, and hope that things go right for you. Uh, I mean, what, what else could they do? I mean, <laughs> nothing else has worked for them, has it? Oh, dear. Let's have a look through the team. There's a, a few changes uh, to the side, but not in the front row. Uh, again, Angus Bell, David Parecki, and Harry Johnson-Holmes line up in the one, two, and three jumpers. Jeremy Williams, a, no, a new name in the number four with Max Douglas alongside him in five. So a new locking pair for the Waratahs. In the back row, it's a bit more familiar with uh, Hugh Sinclair, Carlo Tizano, 
and Will Harris wearing number eight. Jake Gordon, whom we spoke of, captaining the side back in the team, and he'll again partner Will Harrison. Now, I hope that sparks Will Harrison a little bit more as well, having a bit more experience and, I guess, taking a bit more pressure off him from that inside position. Moving into the midfield, uh, Lalakai Fakiti and Isaiah Parisi, uh, 12 and 13. On the left wing is James Ram, the right, Alex Newsom and Jack Maddox moving back to full back for himself. So a lot of mixing around those back three, but hopefully get a bit of stability in the team moving forward for the Waratahs. On the other side of things for the Brumbies, they welcome back a man who has been a big part of their team recently, um, Tom Wright, back into the side for the Brumbies. So he'll come into the team wearing 14. But the rest of the side, Harry Lloyd, Falau Fainga, and James Slipper, their front row. Nick Frost, another one coming back in the team as well. Caden Neville alongside him in the second row. Rob Valentini, Tom Cusack, and Pete Samu round out that back row and the pack. Nick White, captaining again. Two captains and wearing nine this week. Uh, Noel Olosio alongside him. And again, another battle of those young number 10s. R.A. Simone and Leon Tao in midfield. Andy Muir ahead and Tom Wright again on the wings. And Tom Banks completes those two Toms at 14 and 15 for the Brumbies heading into this one. So, interesting matchup, Shane. This Brumbies side, they're a bit like the Crusaders, aren't they? And the team that they're welcoming back, these outside back players who you kind of forgot existed. Uh, Tom Wright, I saw he was back and I'm like, I didn't even know he was missing. Um, and that just shows how strong this team's been this season, that they can bring a guy back like the Crusaders, and you think, oh, how does he fit in this side? It's just a testament to how they've developed all their talent, isn't it? Yeah, um, the Brumbies are known for depth um, and bringing players in that can can really have a crack at things. And, um, yeah, no difference uh, now that they're putting on probably – a very strong side against the Waratahs. So um, I can only expect what they'll do is they'll they'll just punch it up, drive it through the line, um, get a penalty, go to the corner, um, do them all. So the Waratahs' defence, which conceded five tries against um, the, the hookers last week, well, you know, uh, the Brumbies will just about think, well, we can do the same. Um mm. I look at this and I'm going to watch it, naturally. Um, I, I don't mind probably seeing what I'm probably going to see. Um, but it is sad in a way, and I did a comparison, Stephen, during a week that in 2014-15, the Waratahs had 16 Wallabies in the Springbok in their 23. Uh, Jacques Potkita being the, the Springbok um, you know, and that's when the Waratahs won the championship in 14 and were preliminary finalists the next year and played some pretty good rugby too. Um, so that's their the depth level against the Brumbies. What they've got to do is just tighten up their defence. Um, mm. And if you tighten up your defence and you can keep your discipline with the phase play. The Waratahs are known for their two phases and drop ball. <laughs> um, you know, don't drop the ball, mate. You know, ball security is important in, in Super Rugby AU because teams like the Waratahs, uh, sorry, teams like the Brumbies and Reds will punish you. Uh, yeah, so look, I think the Brumbies by about 20. Um, and that's just been kind. Uh, it's been a horror time for the Waratahs, a really horror time. And uh, 
well, it's sad to see. You've still got to front up and play. Um, mm. And us Australians will always front up and play. I do agree with you, though. I think the whole problem or the reason they're doing so badly is, is due to the inexperience. It takes time to develop. Teams need to develop. Players need to develop. Uh, I think they've been a bit hasty. Rob Penning, not the most fantastic coach in the globe by any stretch of the imagination, but still a, a solid and decent coach to have. And I think this is only making things worse because like we could easily say if the Highlanders and teams like that as well, change is not always a good thing. Consistency um, is something that players can benefit from. So having the same guys, having a, a consistency around coaching, a consistency around lineups, a consistency about what players are doing allows players to just focus on what they are doing, not go, oh, am I coming on late this time? Am I not playing this week? Am I starting this week? I'm, I'm playing out of position this week. I'm all over the show. Um, it just gives them more to complicate their game. And I think that's what the Highlanders, especially, and I think the Waratahs as well, have suffered a little bit from uh, this season. But yeah, I do agree with you. Brumbies win. Again, I thought I'd be a little bit more um, savage against the Pro Waratahs. I've gone just by 18 points. I think the Brumbies will pick this one up. Uh, and run away with another victory. Okay, let's come back to the side of the ditch. We've got the Blues versus the Hurricanes. Oh boy, oh boy. Those Blues, eh? Oh, they're, they're, they're so high on life. They're going to beat the Crusaders. They're going to, you know, take top of the table, and they're going to be the best team in the competition. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. The Blues, now when you look at how the Hurricanes are playing, very well recently. Geordie Barrett has that team running around by the scruff of the neck. He's got them on elite at the moment. 30 points to his name last weekend. He looks in devastatingly good form. And the Blues are going to be careful in this one, aren't they? Because the Hurricanes are much better than they started out. The first couple of weeks, they were pretty average. But now, I think they're starting to hit their straps. And this one could be a lot closer than I think people are giving the, well, especially the Hurricanes, credit for. Yeah, this game's going to be full of attacking rugby. Uh, you can... You can just sense when these two sides come together, it's always quite exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, that wind's going to blow in from Wellington into Auckland. <laughs> um, and it's got to be strong gale force wind, um, mm. full of players that have got a bit of energy and vitality about them. And, and Geordie. Geordie's um, really starting to lead this team around, as you said. It's really exciting to watch. Um just just progressing and, and not having to rely on his brother in years past um, to do that. So I think he's really grown and matured and it's only going to get better for that Hurricanes back line if they can start firing up like they did in 15, 16, mate. That was, that was exciting to watch. I do agree with this comment from Nocturnal, kind of going a little bit back about what we were saying before, but young players learning how to lose. And I think this is... Something that Australian rugby, especially, they needed to captivate this because they've got a chance for their teams to learn how to win more often because they're, they're not going to South Africa and playing in those conditions that they hate. They're not coming over to New Zealand and, and playing against teams um, like the Crusaders and, and that, that they typically, generally, apart from the force, lose to. They're playing against each other. I thought it would be a lot more competition. I thought players would gain a lot more confidence because they'll be winning more often. Unfortunately, though, for the Waratahs, I think it's gone completely against them. But for others, like speak about the young Reds um, players, the Brumbies players, the confidence certainly is sky high. So, yeah, a good comment there, and I, I do agree completely with what he is saying. Back to the game we're on, though, the Blues and the Canes. We'll have a look at the two teams. Um, 
heading in to this one. I'm just seeing what too much changes they've had. A, a, a fair bit of change, actually, especially in that pack. So, yes, looking to blue. Starting off the front row, uh, Carl Tuinofuaki starts in the number one jumper. Lituru uh, Tulai is at hooker and offered Tuanga Fasi on the tight head side. Jared Cowley Tuioti starts at four and Sam Dowry at five. So there's no Patrick Tui Pilotu in this team at all, which means Tom Robinson, who's in at six, will wear the captain's armband. Dalton Popali at seven and Hoskins Satutu at number eight. Sam Knott gets the nod at nine with Ortini Black in the halves with him. Fayani, TJ Fayani, haven't seen him all season long. He finally gets a start at inside centre with Rico Yuani outside him. The wingers, Caleb Clark and Mark Talia and Stephen Pitofeta keeps his spot at fullback. Up against them for the Hurricanes, a team in the best form of their life, considering how much we, well, rid off, especially their halves combination. They have come up strong in recent weeks, and this is a big test for them. Fraser Armstrong, Dane Coles and Tyrell Lomax, a good front row, but a little bit maybe of an eccentric front row as well. I'll see how they go if a bit more pressure comes on them from the Blues. James Blackwell and Scott Scrafton in the second row. Reed Princeep, Duplessis, Karifi and Adi Savia complete the pack. Luke Campbell, Norman Ledger, that's the halves we were talking about before. Those guys have had the acid test on them and come out of it, well, so, so, so far. You can't complain about it. Nangi Mape at 12, Billy Proctor 13. On the wings, Salisi Rayasi, four man, I think, in New Zealand rugby at the moment, in 11. And Julian Salvier comes back into the team wearing 14. And Geordie Barrett is at fullback. A few changes there, Shane, but still the core of those two teams, very similar. The forward battle, though, going to be key for this one. Isn't it? A few changes, a few new names, um, but that is where this game is going to be won or lost. If you give that, either of those back lines enough room, enough space, and now that front football, they are both good enough to severely punish the other team's defence. Well, you've summed it up right there, Stephen. You've got to have that back row moving, uh, mobile back rows. I love, you know, out of New Zealand derbies, I love the North Island derbies because they have those big back row forwards who truck it up all night and they've got the big props in the scrum and then you've got some really cool backs to finish off the job. So that's, that's, that's how this game's going to be won. Uh, it's a midfield battle. It's a midfield scrap. Um, <laughs> I know that both of these sides can be a little bit patchy at times, um, but uh, like your patchwork quilt, they can um, certainly come up good as well. So, um, yeah, get your scarves out in Auckland for this one. Um, and uh, it should be... And I can remember those April nights in Auckland about six years ago. They can get nice and cool. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, make sure you put some fire in the belly with the pie. Have a, have a drink, whatever drink you have in moderation and have some fun. It's going to be a good game. And I'm going to yep. go to the, I'm go to the Blues by seven. Oh, he's going to Blues. You know, the more I talked about this game, I hadn't made my pick. And I, I, just, I just like the way the Hurricanes are playing. And, of course, I like the Blues losing, and I like the complexity that would add to this competition. If the Hurricanes did pull this off, okay, the Chiefs now are starting to rumble. The Hurricanes are starting to rumble. The Blues, who were rumbling, are starting. The wheels are coming off. All we need is someone to beat the Crusaders and to really throw this competition completely into the mixer. And then we'll have an absolute logjam of, you know, hopefully all five teams. You know, if the unthinkable happens on Friday night, the Highlanders, boy, they could really throw this whole competition into a bit of a turmoil. You start to get doubt. You start seeing you know, the Blues mentally will be starting to go, how do we lose to the Chiefs? 
now we're going to play the Hurricanes. Um, you know, they, they've got to mentally be at this game like they were when they faced the Crusaders. That's what they need to be every week. They need to be the thing at the point of that they're going to say, we're going to beat the best team. We're going to take top spot. Now I, I, I can just see their mentality, their focus slowly starting to shift. And if they let that go too much, if they don't pick up a good win here against the Hurricanes, I can see it could fall into a bit of turmoil for the Blues as the season progresses. And missing their leader as well could prove to be a bit of a factor for them. Being at home, though, should be a bit of a boost. I am you know, I love a good upset. And I'm uh, going for Geordie and the boys to pull this one off. I don't know if anyone is going to agree with me in the comments or anywhere, but come on, the Canes. Three points. That's all you need. And that's what I'm giving you to get this one done. So how about that? Uh, let us know in the comments. Do you agree or disagree? We've got the Blues. The Eternals going to the Blues by 10. You're going to them by uh, 7. Now I'm going to tip the ledge on the other way. Go the Canes. Get up. Do the upset. That's what we want to see. Let's finish it off, Shane. We've got one game to go. Back on your side of the ditch. It is the Rebels up against the Reds. Oh, boy, let's start with your Reds. Uh, they just, they're just cruising, aren't they? On cruise control. Things are looking bright. Everything's going well, and they just look like a happy, well-functioning team. What else can you put it down to? Yeah, I've been absolutely thrilled um, and humbled too uh, because I knew, uh, you know, a few years back uh, that the Reds just they, – they were in a building phase. Brad Thorne said, come with me on this journey. Um even fans like me didn't know where we'd end up, but uh, just to play in a final last year, we didn't win, but we came very close. Um, and then to pick it up, pick up the heat this year and um, beat the Waratahs uh, and a few other sides as well. Um, <laughs> just, um, you know, just it's, it's just been a joy to watch. This is a a team that's got a great forward pack um, led by Tom, Tani Tupo and um, Brendan Panger at most are in the front row there. And, you know, it's got a good back row. Um, Liam Wright, don't forget, is still injured. Mm. And when he comes into that side, it was a wallaby himself. Wow. Um, and that back line, Tate McDermott, um, James O'Connor, Hunter Pasami, Felipe Dalgunu, um, you know, um, Jordi Pattaya. Very skilled backline. Um, and I'm speaking in awe because I, I haven't seen a Queensland side like this for a long time. Um, but it's it's very it's it's very humbling to watch. But having said that, it, this is M- Melbourne that we're going to. And the Rebels have played some good rugby this tournament too. So... I'm not going to underestimate them at all. No, they got, well, I think you've got to be consistently going for their team, but this is possibly for them uh, a fourth consecutive win at home, which would be a club record, equaling club record, and the first time since 2015 that they've managed to do it if they do pick up other win against the Reds, which, I mean, would both say is, is a bit unlikely, but we might be a bit biased, and I've enjoyed watching the Reds' journey as they've progressed up into the team that they have become at the moment. But we'll look at the two teams uh, heading into this matchup. And for the Rebels, at home, of course, we'll start with them. Uh, Cobus Elof starts the number one. He is, oh, well, I say it every week, he's a monster of a number one as well. Jordan Ulysses is a hooker. And Pioli Farmacelli at the tight head. 
It's Steve Cummins and Trevor Hosea in the second row. Josh Kemeny, Richard Hardwick and Michael Wells complete the pack. Joey Powell and Matt Tamua in the halves with Reese Hodge inside centre. And Stacey Ely, who just seems to do nothing wrong in that 13 jumper, rise to fame for a guy who was just playing Mighty 10 Cup last season. On the wings, Marika Connor and Betty and Frank Lamani. Interested your thoughts on that, Shane, when we get to it as well. On the right wing, Tom Pincus completes the side in the number 15 jumper. For the Reds, now, this is interesting as well. So they've really changed their whole structure, I guess you could say, of the team, um, especially in that back line. But we'll get to that in a second. The front row, though, uh, Fila, uh, how we, here's a new name for Futu Aikala. He starts at number one. Brenda Pango, Mosa, and Taliana Tupo are uh, the front row. Ryan Smith and Lucan Solakai Lota, Loto at in the second row. Angus Scott Young, Fraser McWright, and Harry Wilson complete the pack. Tate McDermott, James O'Connor in the halves. Here you go, Shane. Hamish Stewart at 12. Hunter Paisami at 13. Jock Campbell moves from fullback to wing. Jordan Pataya is on the right wing. And Bryce Higgity in at 15. So those, well, playmaking little combination of now you got O'Connor, you got Stewart, and you've got Higgity all in the team together. The whole dynamic of this team has suddenly changed from a midfield of, of runners and, and bashers into a kind of a backline of playmakers with the, the finishers in there as well. It completely changes the whole team, doesn't it? It does, and congratulations to Hamish Stewart on 50 Super Rugby caps this weekend too. I remember his first game at fullback against the Lions where he made that big line break, and um, he's come a long, long way since. So... Um, it, and sometimes it's had to be on the bench. Sometimes it's in the starting lineup, but he is handy um, and serviceable. So I think they're expecting a very physical game against the Rebels too, because they're re- the Rebels forward pack um, gonna gonna bruise, um, and we're gonna have to be equally up to that as well. So um, maybe that's why he's he's starting instead of Geordie. I would have probably gone the other way, but um, yeah, look. There's plenty of combinations there, plenty of ability there. Um, Going to be a real old-school Aussie battle, um, which I like. And all of all of the people, mate, um, the pubs are open on Saturday. It's Sunday and Monday and Friday. They're not. So I'm sure Chuck Lotto will be on at the bowling club. Um, we get back from the bowling club. We've got some rugby. Um, and this will be a close one. And I think... The Reds by five. I reckon the Rebels will be up for it. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think the Rebels will be up for this game as well. They've been up for every game this season. Any, even when they've been beaten, they've not been outplayed. And they've competed well. They should have probably won two or three more matches than they have, especially those first couple of games. Second half of the season now is a chance for them to redeem that. But it's tough, isn't it? I did want to mention as well, for the Rebels, they've got a couple of sevens players on their reserves. Lewis Holland and Jarrell Skelton in uh, 22 and 23 on the bench. Um, are sevens players who are mo- moving their hand into the 15s game as well. So that'll be interesting to see how they go impact off the bench. You can imagine a bit of speed, a bit of a bit of that finding the holes where there's not so much holes, but how will that experience of the 15s game to the sevens game counteract them as well. So I'm keen to see their impact in this matchup late on as well if they do come into the game. But I do agree with you. I'm going for Reds when um, I'm not being as conservative as you. Though. I'm going Reds by nine. But uh, this is a game I think that will be decided by a small margin. Again, we'll see the Rebels play that sort of style where they'll take their points. They'll take their chances. They like to build that pressure through the scoreboard, through playing their game, getting whatever they can out of it, and just continually 
keeping things moving. And they're a very, very good side at that. And we should expect to see more of that from them as well this week. The Reds, like the comments said in there from Nocturnal, patience, 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 patience is the key for the Reds. They often get too frustrated trying to do too much, if that's a way of describing it. They try and don't get the tries. They try and force things a little too much. They force those passes. They force that extra little play that otherwise, if there are already two tries up, wouldn't be doing so much. And that just breeds that confidence that, that leads to making things easier later on the game. So if they can do that, keep things nice and controlled, they should come away with it. But the Rebels are probably the ultimate team at building pressure through annoying threes and, and plays that just get on your nerves as they chip away at the game. Um, so Reds, nine by for me, five for you uh, there, Shane. So should be an interesting weekend. And that is our four games all done and dusted already. Nice and quickly, nice and easy, just as we like to do it every single week. Shane, coming from the home of Tamworth there, any final words to say? Thanks for joining us, as always, from, from venue as well. It's great. But any final words to say for the weekend? Everyone hyped up for some rugby action. Well, I've got to say thanks to the Tamworth Hotel, firstly, for allowing me the use of virtually of a um, of the room tonight, being a quieter night in Tamworth. So um, a happy Easter to you, Steve, um, and all the viewers out there and, and all the fans. Um, I hope you're all safe and, and keep well and... And enjoy the enjoy the rugby. Um, I know I've got two porterhouse steaks in the fridge, so <laughs> don't you worry. That barbecue's getting fired up. <laughs> you can always guarantee that. Looking forward to seeing that as well. Of course, it is a long weekend. Wherever you are around the globe, do enjoy yourself. Um, stay safe as always. Make sure to keep yourself alive and well for next week's edition, which will be coming to you, of course, this time next Thursday, New Zealand time. So make sure to check out that. Have a good long weekend, and we will see you all, we will see you all next time. And, of course, big thanks to Shane. Hope you have a great weekend, Shane, as well. Enjoy those steaks, and enjoy the rugby, everyone. We'll see you next time. Take care. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.